Hello and welcome to Head and Heart, a Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. My name is Katie and I'm here with my best friend and co-host Frankie. Hey guys! <laughs> Frankie's back! Yay! <laughs> We have Uh, been so busy, we apologize. I just finished finals and am in two days moving back to my regular home university across the state, and Frankie is juggling a lot of work and school hours towards her own degree. Um, So it's just been a lot, but we promise we will still find days to record and bring content to you. And once again, I apologize for last episode's audio on Lexi's end. She was in the car, and it was not the best, and I re-listened, and I was just cringing. But we did what we had to do to get an episode out for you guys in a timely manner, and we hope you were at least able to understand her. So hopefully next time we have a guest on, they won't be in the car, and it'll be a lot better. But today, so a little heads up. Coming up soon is another Q&A, so we just posted a post <laughs> where, um, that sounds repetitive, posted a post, where um, you can submit your questions underneath it in comments on Instagram, so if you are interested in having us answer your, your burning questions, then go to that post on our Instagram at KOTLC Podcast and submit your questions. It's also Please. in our stories. Please. Yeah, we're looking for questions for this Q&A episode. It's coming up soon. But today, what are we doing today, Frankie? Today, this comes from a request, I believe, from one of the uh, comments in under the podcast. Um, and they have requested that we talk about our hopes and predictions for book 10. So that is what we are going to be doing. Yeah, so basically, we were planning on doing this, but a bit closer to the book 10 release. Yeah. Like, to kind of bridge the gap of, you know, the wait time before the next book. But because we also got it as a request, we decided to do it sooner. So that is what we're doing today. And I have a list pulled up because I have a lot of stuff from Stellar Loon that didn't happen that I'm looking to happen. And a lot of it depends on, like, I guess I would say a lot of this is final book. This is also, like, final book wish list because we're hoping yeah. book 10 is the final book. Yeah. Um. So basically just what we would like to see happen and what we are interested in seeing plot-wise, character-wise, all of that before the end of the series. And Even if we it did- takes two more books. We did talk about this a bit in our Stellar Loon Part 2 review, so there are some things mentioned there as well that uh, we might not bring up again now, but we did have a small portion of our second Stellar Loon review where we talked about what we want in a book, in a final book, as well as, I believe, in our Is There Going to Be a Book 11 podcast episode, we touched on this a little bit, so... Right. Right. If we don't mention something here, it is probably mentioned in one of those two episodes. I just realized you're wearing a Katsuki shirt. What is that from again? I forget. I know the name. Bakugo Katsuki from uh, My Hero Academia. Ah, I, yes. <laughs> That's where I've heard it from. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I'm just wearing a plain sweater. I don't, I don't have any fun fandom merch on. Um, but, <laughs> oh, goodness. Where to start? Because here's the thing. There's so much stuff that I want to see happen but 
I want it all to happen in like a 900 page final book and I think it's possible. Oh, yeah. We're treating this like that is the case. Like there's only one more book and Shannon Messenger will be able to fit it all in in one more book. Because frankly, Stella Loon had a lot of the second to last book tropes. Like, it had the same couple it having had their it. first kiss. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. So. It- it My just, number one thing is honestly to start this off that Grady kills someone because I <laughs> want Grady to kill someone. No, I mean, and I. This has been a staple of this podcast. Is us? It just, really has. I think I started it. I think I said something along those lines in episode four theories, and it's just become a running theme where it's just like if Grady doesn't kill someone, something's going to feel off and i understand that like <laughs> he's probably not going to i don't think he will just not because... to like root for murder but right, that's what i'm saying here like shannon messenger she puts a great amount of effort into like how guilt can corrupt minds and how if people were to kill i mean if elves were to kill then it would truly <clears throat> break their mind and she's painted grady as a very sensitive man he's very protective but Grady is one of the most sensitive, like, dad figures we've ever seen in any books, which I really appreciate. So I don't know if she will have him kill someone, even though I, I truly, truly, in my bones, want it to happen. <laughs> I don't think it will happen. I at least want to see him come very close and go off defending his daughter. I want to see him go off like we see him go off a couple times in the series, but it always seems like there's a rope she kind of binds Grady in, kind of like she never, yeah. she's never let him fully go off, besides when he burnts Grant's hand off. But like other than that, it always feels like she kind of she doesn't want Grady to overshadow the kids and be too powerful. So she kind of pulls him back, I feel like to what his true powers probably are. And I just want to see no holds bar. Like, there's no nothing tying him back. She doesn't hold him back at all. She lets him shine. I want to see him go ballistic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, a few of the things on my Stellar Loon wish list actually came true. For example, Lynn and Tam inks in Family Strain. Now, we got this, but not in the way I wanted. No! Ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was not the good kind of angst where you're like, oh, this will be resolved in a nice way, and blah, 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 and I can see where it's going. This angst was ridiculous. It was the type of angst that you just, you read it, and it irritates the heck out of you. I, okay, and I freaking love Lynn, so this one just hurt. It hurt bad. I didn't want the angst to come from, oh goodness, I guess mischaracterization is how yes. I would put it. Yes. You know, on Lynn's part. I, that's not how I wanted it to happen. It's like Shannon used totally changing her character as a vehicle to create the angst. Yes. And, and it's like, no, hypocrisy. write it authentically. Like, be authentic to the characters. And she's all, all of a sudden, Lynn's all fed up about, you know, him letting a murderer go and everything, and it's like, oh my god, or uh, Glimmer, Rainy letting a murderer go, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's the girl of many floods! Since Uh when is she so stuck up about murder and hurting people? She has lost control of her power. She should understand this. And she should understand it as a girl who was abandoned. That's what I'm gonna say. Who was abandoned by the society. 
Exactly. It's like the short-sightedness and the privileged view of this. When Lynn should not be the one having this privileged view. Like, if you're going to have anyone have this privileged view, let it be, I don't know, let it be a different character. Don't let it be Lynn, who's, like, now oppressing, like, people who really didn't have a freaking choice. Like, no! So, it's just, that's what really irked me, because it's just, like, it totally... It almost makes Lynn look stupid. I know she's just being overprotective yeah. of her brother. But and she's does, a smart just, girl. It makes her look ignorant when she's one of the people who should be the least, the least ignorant around this topic. It's infuriating. You're just reading it like, Lynn, how are you the one acting like this? Shouldn't it be anyone else? Like, mm -hmm. even Morella, I feel like, wouldn't act like this anymore or that she shouldn't because she's now feels ostracized because of her power so it's just like it's just it's mind-boggling how this went it was so frustrating to read <laughs> it really was and to bring this back to book 10 series final book series um fixing Lynn's character is like number one on my list <laughs> oh my god and having her apologize to her twin I know. I mean, and I know that Tam isn't, like, the older sibling. I understand that they're twins, but, like, Tam acts- He reads like, like he is. Yeah, he does. I mean, emotion-wise, before book nine, I mean, I, we have said that Lynn is more in tune with her emotions, but, like, in all other ways, Tam- reads to me as older sibling I'm an older sibling I connect with those characters I read it all over him and so then to have like this was such a little sibling big sibling dynamic where Lynn is like blaming him in a way that doesn't make any sense and Tam's fighting back but he's not fighting back as hard as he should because he still like wants to protect her in his own way and feels misunderstood and doesn't know what to do with those misunderstood feelings. That's such an older sibling type thing. And so I just, yeah, I need the resolution to this. I need an apology from Lynn. I need Tam to realize it's okay to disagree with his sister and be like, no, she's in the wrong. She's in the wrong. <laughs> like, I need all of this yeah. in book 10. She's being mean. Her new friend group has, like, rubbed off on her. She's being mean. I mean, she flat teases Tam and almost accuses him of, like, being blind because he has feelings for Rainy or something, but she doesn't. He has feelings it's, for Morella, and you can't like fight me on that. It's like taking advantage of someone's trauma. It's like taking advantage of someone's trauma. It really trauma. is! Because the boy had to go undercover. It's like when people make fun of what Keith had to do, it's like, do you not understand how traumatic that probably was, living with murderers? Like, they're almost, like, The whole reason why him. you get frustrated with Fitz is the same- is so similar to why we're frustrated with Lynn. But, like, because to have Tam do this and to be undercover and have to bond with these people and to expect him not to bond with these people is ridiculous. I've said that about Keith too. You're living with these people. You're undercover with these people. So to just expect Tam to do all of this and ignore Rainy and ignore what he had to do and for her to say that it changed him and he's not letting himself think about how the Black Swan changed him. Not the Black Swan, the Never Seen. But it's just... Oh, it's, it is. It's almost like trauma blaming. I can't stand it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Another Moving thing on. on my stellar loon wish <laughs> yeah. list was, yeah, we can, we'll do a whole episode on the twins. We did a tan specific one, but we will do a whole episode on Lynn or on the twins in general to rant about this more. Because there's so much I, to talk about. I have words and I have questions for Shannon Messenger. I, 
I have some theories as to that might explain why she did it, but I don't agree with the choice still, even if those theories are yeah. correct. And sorry, guys, so, if this is kind of rushed, if this episode is a little rushed and we just go bang, bang, bang through these theories, but like, we, I have. I have so much to do before my work shift today that we kind of said this would be like a 40, 45 minute episode top. So sorry if this is rushed. We will go more in detail on this at another time, like with the twins or if there's anything else we need to go more in detail on. But right now it will kind of be a little bit rushed as we go through these theories. Yeah, we will do a more in-depth series video for the next book when the cover comes out and when the title comes out and stuff like that. And we have more information and get the synopsis. Right. Things like that. Um, this is just a general rest of the series checklist. Mm-hmm. So another thing on my Stella Loon wish list that kind of came true was Lord Cassius being interesting. We only got him in that one scene, but he was very, very interesting. Yes. And I, I love it because we're making him more complex but we're not giving him a redemption arc. Right. We're humanizing him without a redemption arc, and that is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, exactly. It, it it gives so much more depth to him, and this is my hope for book 10, I guess, um, to bring this back into book 10 a bit. I I think we've said in a podcast episode before that how we want this to end with, the, with Keith's parents is we want Cassius to die, and we want... Gizla to be trapped forever under like a mountain. Gizella! <laughs> I can't do it. It's, it's, I'm calling her Gizla. I've already said this. I'm calling her Gizla. But anyway. Um, okay, she's a, she's a Viking now, apparently. Yeah, she's Keith's mom is listen, a Viking. An old Danish, Norse Viking. <laughs> she has Danish features. It works. But anyway, um, so, and I've kind of flipped <laughs> in what I want now. Like, I've kind of flipped in that perspective after reading book nine and getting more from Cassius. I I don't really care if he dies now. I'm kind of just like, I would rather him go off and live a lonely life and maybe, like, reflect on what he's done more. Because I think it's interesting. And I don't, I don't think he deserves death now. I think that, I think he's interesting enough that it's <laughs> redeemed, like, him not dying, basically. So, I hope in book 10, like, I don't want him to die now. I want him to just kind of go off and live a lonely life and reflect on what he's done and maybe someday have reconciliation with his son. If not, for, like, just keep sanity. That's all I really need. Whereas with Lady Gisla, she can die at this point. I don't care. I, she can die. Like, she can just go die. <laughs> I don't know if she will die, but... I, I want her to die, and I want Sophie and Keith together to be the ones that kill her. I don't want Keith to do it. I don't. That He already has I so think much Sophie, trauma. Honestly, in full honesty, I think Sophie should do it. I don't know. Ro's like- even foreshadowed it. Ro has foreshadowed it, saying, I have a feeling you're going to be the one to take down Mommy Dearest. Yeah, so I, I think it's coming. I, I think don't- Sophie's going to kill the... I don't oh, we're really... not supposed to cause, so I can't say it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't know who will do it. I think Sophie is a good choice, but I don't even know if she's going to die. I think she could very well be in prison because of how this book is, how these books are kind of being hedged forward. I don't know how to explain this. Okay, I have if... one condition. I have what? one condition. If she is imprisoned at the end, I want a Zuko and Fire Lord Ozai type scene where 
Keith goes down to her prison and confronts her. Yeah, we've said this already. We've we said this in a podcast. Yeah, I think episode. we have. Yeah, I but think yeah, so. but that is I my one condition: if she doesn't die, if the witch doesn't die, I'll call her the witch. If the witch doesn't die, that is what I want. I think I honestly don't think she's going to. I for some reason the tone of these books, even though we've had death and we've had dismemberment and like other things like that, I. I don't know why I don't get the feeling she's going to die. I think she will be like imprisoned and stuff like that. Maybe it's Keith. I don't know. There's something about it. I don't feel like she's going to die. Um, and I feel like I don't want Keith to do it if it does happen because the boy has had enough trauma. So yeah, that's a prediction. I do not he think, has. She, I do not think she's going to die. That's a prediction. Unless I read the, unless we see the cover and the synopsis and some other things come out right now. I don't think that she's going to die. <laughs> Interesting. I I kind of want her to, though. Even if you don't think she's going to, in reality, <laughs> I kind of want her to. Like, I, I think we should go there. Yeah. She's I, so awful. It would just be so satisfying. As long as it was done right, it would be really satisfying. As long as it wasn't a stupid death where I'm just like, oh, shut up. Then, like... <laughs> but you know? You know who else I would love to see do it? It's freaking Ro. I've been thinking of that, but I don't think Ro will. I don't think she will, but it's something I would love to see. Like, the possibility excites me. You know what I'm kind of irritated about that I didn't talk about in our Stella Loom book talk? Bianca never what? really got a scene with Vespera. How is this a thing? How did Bianca never get to confront Vespera about what she did to her? How did Bianca never get to show down against mm. Vespera again? This woman marked her. This woman marked her for the rest of her life. Bianca will, she will carry around yeah. the trauma of being almost beaten to death by a woman much, much older than her. And so just that, the fact that we never got closure around that feels really off to me. And, <laughs> and I'm kind of, I put Bianca in the same boat as Grady. I'm kind of like, I want Bianca to kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> We've always said this. This is yeah. nothing new on the podcast. <laughs> no. I, I want, am with you. I am with you. I want her to cut um, someone. I don't care. <laughs> I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, and the thing is, she would do it before Sophie would. I was just about to say the people I think would actually do this before others. I think it's Bianca and Morella for some reason. I'm kind of like Morella. Oh, oh yes, Morella would, would fry someone. <laughs> she would. <laughs> and Vincent, she'd go back to Vincent and be like, "Yeah, I scorched a person." Vincent would He'd be, be like, so proud. He would be so proud. That's what I was thinking when I said that. I thought of her, and then I was like, "That's because of Vincent's influence." And then I just pictured him yes! like. <laughs> clapping and being like yes my protege i also theories for finton i kind of love him i kind of love finton i've I always loved too. finton i don't want anything to happen to this begrudgy old him to man exactly where he is same i just want him and i kind of want morella to to like gain a little bit of like mutual i don't know not respect i mean he is a mass murderer like i understand this but i want her to start feeling a little fond towards him just because he's her mentor and i think that's a really interesting dynamic that she sees what he had to go through almost mm -hmm. and how it turned him insane and so i don't know i love their dynamic it was one of my favorite things about uh the last 
about Stella Loon was just watching them interact in all of Finton's interactions. It was fantastic. And she got a lot of information out of him. She is good at it. I also That's just don't think that I want to see continue. I also just don't think Finton cares anymore about this war. I think he's tired. I honestly don't think he was trying that hard to keep secrets. No, he really wasn't. He was just like, he's doing it for the fun of it. He's turning it into a game. Exactly. Sure, you know? Yeah. He's not, sure. I don't think he actually cares anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, I feel like Finton is tired. He's like, nah. He and Bronte you know need to I'd have like, to see? tea together. Uh I would love to see Morella get with Tam and just go and set the matchmaker building on fire. Oh, we've said this. We said how they would do this. How they would literally burn the world down just because they'd be like... Oh my gosh. But I want... Like the thing is, after getting with Tam and being the fact that she's now unmatchable and talentless, technically, by yeah. their status, I want her... I want Morella, even before Silky, to be the one to do it. To go and set the freaking place on fire. <laughs> My hopes, and I know this won't happen, because I think it would be a long-standing change that would need to take place. We've also talked about this before. I want, I want pyrokinetics to be able to be free. I want the matchmaking system abolished. Like I want at the end of book ten, Sophie to just be like, "Can we discuss all of this, please?" The per I want Morella to play a huge part in this last book, and I want it to be a so that at the end of this book, they can point at Morella and be like, can we please stop the ban on pyrokinetics, please? Um, look at her. She just helped you save our whole I world. Want? You know what I want? I want the scene at the end of Percy Jackson where Percy is offered godhood and he says, thanks but no thanks. Here are all my conditions. F you. He basically <laughs> gives them stuff. gives them all the middle finger. I know, that's exactly what I want to happen because there's real issues in the I society. I want that to be Sophie to the counselors. I want her to confront the council and say, here are my conditions. This is what's going to change in our society. Deal with it period. And I want Dex to spearhead this as well. Like, I think the- <laughs> You I, won! No, I want Dex, Tam, Morella, and Sophie to put up, like, a four-pronged attack against the council members in the way of life. Mm. And we've, we've spoke about this before, how it would take years for this to change, for this to fully be Im implemented. I don't think we're going to see the full force of it at the end of book 10. I don't think it would feel natural. I would be like, that was resolved way too quickly. But I want to see the start of change. I want what you said, where Sophie and a couple of the others are speaking to the council by the end and being like, things need to start changing. We need to start seeing change, or this is going to happen again, and I won't blame them. So, like, I want that. I want the start of that. Something for the beginning of next book, I want Ro to come back and save their butts on that island. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Which is gonna happen. Like, without question, it's gonna happen. Yes. Absolutely. We talked about that in the Stellar Loon review as well, where, I mean, if it doesn't happen, then it just feels like a missed opportunity, honestly. Yeah! Sophie put that stuff on her wrist. Ro has to be coming soon. It will feel like a total missed opportunity if Ro you know, does not make it there. Even if she doesn't kill her, here's the thing, even if she doesn't kill her, I would like Ro to come and, like, neutralize Lady Gisela. And have the opportunity to, like, 
even though it's corny, like, monologue a little bit and tell her off about how she's treated her son. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be fantastic. I think Ro has many, many words for both Lord Cassius and Lady Giselle, which we started to get in that one Lord Cassius scene. I want Ro to have words with <laughs> Oh, that too! Almost more than I want Where was Alden? I'm so glad we didn't see him, but also I want that conversation to be addressed. I don't care if it was an extra scene in the back of book seven. That needs to be freaking addressed. Addressed. More so than I want someone to get on Lady Giza or Lord Cassius's cases. I want someone on Alden's case. Because (laughs) because, no, it's and he's not I don't even like him as much as I like the other two. Like I just don't. I don't because he plays such a good guy. I have air quotes exactly. around that, by it's the way. so sleazy. Yes, and he's perceived as, like, this great man, and he's done so many great things, and he has done some good things, you know? I'm not saying that he's been an awful person throughout all of this, but he isn't held accountable for any of the things that he does wrong, ever. And so everyone is always hating on Gisla and Cassius, and yes, they should. They're awful people, but, like... Alden being seen as this golden father, this golden, perfect person, I need him to be reamed out more than the other two. The other two are bad-mouthed mm. all the time. I need people yelling at Alden at some point and being like, how did you think it was okay that you did this, did this, did this? Like, it's never mentioned! <laughs> and the thing is, once this is all over, Keith is gonna bring it up and be like, and then realize he never told anyone else about it, because I don't think he's told anyone and he's going to bring it up to Sophie or to Fitz, and they're going to be like, um, excuse me? Ro's going to bring when it up. this happen? I Ro will Ro. be pissed. Yeah, want- oh yeah, right, Ro was there, right, right, okay, yeah, Ro will bring it up. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I I, I need forgot she was there for a second, but yeah, that, there's the whole interaction between Keith and Ro at the end of the scene. Yes, I You're need, right. I need this resolved. I know that, yes, like you said, like... Yes, it was just a snippet, a tiny snippet in a book, but there was so much weight to that snippet, and I need it resolved. I need Ro to bring it up to someone, and like just even as a joke, and be like, huh, Alden obviously didn't know what he was talking about, and she says something like that to Keith, and then like it just spirals down from there, where everyone's like, what, what, what? And I just need it all to come out. I just need it all to come out. Yeah. Ugh. And frankly, I want Sophie to confront him after. He was a father figure to her. It's for weird! Some time. Okay, I just thought, I thought right before we cut off of another thing I want to see in the next book, and then, like, it immediately flew my mind when I when I stopped recording, and it was such a good point, and now it's gone. <laughs> oh, no! I uh, hate it when that happens. We were talking about Alden. I'm trying to re-click the gears. <laughs> in my head trace the footsteps yes <laughs> oh oh okay uh, i got it i got it i got it speaking of the backers and we are going to do a whole thing on the backer legacy but like yes something's, we are something's gotta happen in book 10 the backer legacy is so talked about something has to happen either it's like fitz can't go evil at this point even though we kind of want him to which we will also talk about in the backer legacy Fitz can't go evil at this point. It would feel so rushed. So, like, I don't know where the Vacker legacy right. is going to go. It's not Biana. Alvar, is Alvar dead? I don't even know where the heck I, he is. I can't remember if he died or we not. We haven't I, seen him since that one scene in, um, Candleshade, have we? No. I'm, did he, 
I know that he they thought he died, but then I can't remember if he actually did die a second time after that when he was getting out of the pod. Like, he went into the pod and was, like, suffocated and they thought he died. And then I can't remember if he actually did die or if he escaped. So, I don't know what what the Vacker Legacy is going to... how this is going to come out. Like, but something know. has to happen with it in Book 10, right? Like, something has to happen. I almost wonder if it's actually tied to Elysian. Uh, it could be? I don't know. Something's gotta give. Because, like, that's the only way for this to tie together, almost. Something's gotta give here. Like, this yeah, has been built something up. something has to be revealed. Something, yeah. Agreed. So, like, it, you're right in the fact that, like, it really does have to be tied to Elysian, or else it's just gonna be a random side plot here in this book, which would feel so off. It would feel kind of like how Book 9 felt to me, where it was just a bunch of side quests, you know? And I don't want that yeah. in the final book, so I don't know. Another thing that we said before, we want Elysian, and this is tied to wanting book 10 to be the last book. We mm -hmm. want Elysian to be the big final secret, the thing that ties yeah. everything together. The one, some people think he's going to be the big bad. They think that Elysian is a person? He is a person. Am I, did I forget something? You forgot the end of Stella Loon. That's literally the cliffhanger, the final line of Stella oh, Loon. You're right. You're right. I did. <laughs> I forgot the big cliffhanger. Yes. Uh, yeah, it just all it just all needs to tie together better than it did. <laughs> just mm. And yeah, that needs to be the final thing, as we've already spoken about. We I don't want it to be another like Oh, now that you've cracked this secret, here's the actual final secret of this whole mystery, and we'll see you in book 11. No, I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm yeah. <laughs> like, and we'll the see series... you in book number 20. Right, the <laughs> series hasn't... To wrap all this up. <laughs> the series hasn't gone on too long at this point, I don't think. Like, some people, that's a criticism. They think it went too long. I don't think it's gone on too long at this point. If book 10 isn't the final book, then this series has gone on too long. We've had two Agreed. books. Because 9 was filler. So if book 10 is just another catch the secret, and then, ooh, it's not the actual secret, no. I will be I will be so annoyed. Yeah. Uh, this has just been a long Absolutely. rant about everything. We have not stopped ranting since we started <laughs> recording. Everything has been a rant. We really haven't, but it makes great podcast content. So. Oh, yeah. We're getting so animated, um, too. You guys can't see us, but we are getting no, you can't. so <laughs> animated. Like, we are leaning close to our screens, yelling at each other, flipping each other off as the characters, because we're getting, <laughs> we are getting so irritated. Okay. <sighs> Oh my goodness. What's the next um, thing on your list <laughs> that you wanted to discuss? Well, <laughs> I have more consequences of Sophie's arson slash more arson, please. I want to see this girl unhinged. <laughs> yeah. I need her to, to lose it. Yeah. She's had to be so contained for so long, and she got so much backlash for doing things she had to do. It's one of those, it's another thing I'm about to rant again. It's one of those things where... It's, it's the hundred. If you guys have seen the hundred, there's a character named Clark. She's put in a leadership position. She has to make these decisions. And then when she makes these decisions, everyone gets on her case about it and yells at her. And I had such flashbacks to that 
reading book nine where everyone has put everything on Sophie and then they either say she's not doing enough or she's doing too much and it's like I just want Sophie to lose it and become a dictator almost because it's like no one's happy it's like <laughs> Sophie as a dictator please I don't care like that's how annoyed I was on her behalf when it comes to Sophie Foster, we are pro-totalitarianism. Oh, yeah. Listen, if she can demolish the council and demolish the system, then you know what? You oh know what? Oh. oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I want to clarify, even though I'm poking fun at the whole, you know, political implications here, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> However, I I think that we're going to see I don't mm, I I do think we're going to see Sophie take down the council and I think we're or reconfigure it to be best. Reconfigure. Yes. Yes. However, I'm not sure where Sophie's going to end up in terms of in terms of her leadership position because she's not going to be a counselor. I don't think she wants to be a leader after all of this. And no. She's gonna I think go she live. Just wants to live her life. Yes, she is gonna go live a quiet life. I think the people I can see eventually in leadership positions are Dex and Bianca, and maybe <laughs> and Wiley. Wiley, Wiley yes, would be a counselor. Absolutely, Wiley for president. We've said this. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, speaking of Dex and Bianca. That's a, that's a prediction. I don't care. That is the most I'm likely so, prediction. I am so freaking ready for that, as we've stated, Pirates of the Caribbean 3 moment where they're in the middle of battle and they just confess and kiss and it's going to be the cutest gosh darn thing and it's going to be everything Bianca's ever wanted and everyone's uh, going to be like, when did this happen? <laughs> we need build up. Like, out of all our predictions today, this one's the one that's most likely. Dex and Bianca ending up together. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. It's all but, but confirmed at this point. I, like, their interactions in Stellar Loon, mm, I need the build up, before though. before the feast. It is in the book before 10. the feast. Yes. In book oh, 10, yeah. I need build up. I need there more to be shown on all fronts with different couples and dynamics. Book 9 really... Didn't show much of anything, which we've already talked about. Like I about. said, it gave us crumbs. Now right. I'm ready for the whole meal. But I'm talking about in terms of all relationships. Like, I want, like, not just romantic, in all relationships. I want the friendship shown. I want those dynamics shown. I want romantic relationships shown more. Because almost every character got put on the back burner in book nine. I want them all brought back to the front. I want yeah. them. All I got like Morella actually was one of the few people that kind of got to shine in Stellar Loon yeah. and uh, yeah. play a really cool role. Yeah. Next book, I want Maruka to shine and I want her to really become more powerful and save their butts with her ability. I, I really want, want her to come through and shine. I want Rainy to shine again because you know oh, what? That I've, too. That I've become. Too. I think. Shannon has built such an awesome character out of her. I don't think it's possible for her not to shine and be just awesome. I was clapping my hands every time that girl spoke in Stellar Loon. We are like, going to do a whole rainy episode, and I have pages marked in Stellar Loon in my hardcover yeah. because the paperback will be my, you know, I my paperback copies of the mm -hmm. books are for my Sokeefe sticky notes, and the hardcovers, I, you know, yeah. mark everything else. 
that I'm interested in being able to easily go back to. And I have pages marked with the points that Rennie makes in her monologues that I just want to go through line by line in a Rainy episode and break down why this girl is so right and why she's amazing. She and was all she of was that. the best part of Stella Loon over Sokeep. I'm gonna oh, say yeah. it. I don't care. Oh yeah. Over Sokeep without it's Rainy. Because we didn't that know book, it was coming that it's better. We knew Sokeep was coming. This was a pleasant surprise. We didn't know how Rainy would be. That book without Rainy falls apart. It falls apart at the scenes, that book without Rainy, and I stand by oh, that. Yeah. And so, no, I want, I just want these characters to shine. I want, and it doesn't even have to be, like, Rainy shining a lot, but, like, characters like Morella, Maruka, like you said, pairings, like, Biana and Sophie, Biana and Morella, Lynn and Wiley, like, I just want these pairings that we've built up, Tam and Sophie, to get, like, their time to shine. I want these character moments that these books were really based on, that they grew from, and shined through. I want them to shine again, and I want to see all the dynamics we love again in full force in the final book, which should be book 10. <laughs> yeah, and we will also do a whole episode on Cognates and the Inquisition and why we think that's messed up and why Sophie doesn't want to freaking do it. However, that is one thing I would like to see shut down, like the council. Um, I don't want Sophie to go through with that. I want her to stand up for Ugh. her feelings and what she truly wants. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, I don't know what's going to happen with Fitz, because we're not getting the evil Fitz arc. It's too close to the end. I know. I don't know where what she does with him at this point. Like He's, like, left hanging. Exactly. And I don't want that for his character. As much as we can rag on Fitz, he, he has, or at least he had the potential to be, like, a really, a really well-rounded character. And because of just how he was kind of used as a romantic plot device like he is he's just left there to hang dry and I'm kind of like no which is why we didn't want Fitz to be a villain because we just wanted to get him out of the way with Keith we knew Sophie was gonna end up with Keith that is not why oh, we yeah, wanted him no that's not why we want him to be a villain we wanted that not even because we hate him no we, we wanted that arc we wanted that arc because God, it would have brought so much more depth to his character than what he's been given. And now that that arc isn't going to happen, and I can't think of any other arc that would make Fitz back into a main character, Fitz's deterioration is insane to me. Like, he starts off as kind Literally. of a main character. He starts off as kind of a he main character. He starts off as a main character, the one who finds Sophie and brings her to and the Oaf world. And then he's such a side character. He is now the biggest side character in my mind. Like, more so than Morella, more so than Tam. Fitz is such a big side character yeah. now. And it's not what I want for his character. So I don't know where Fitz is going to go from here. No. Yeah. If she's not going to do the evil Fitz arc, which we think would have been interesting, once again, not because we hate him. Yeah. But because it would have been interesting characterization-wise. And it was set up. I want her to give him something else good. And here's the thing, right? That thing maybe could have been Fitzlin and Lynn yeah. having a good influ influence on him and him kind of turning around and finding happiness outside but of But she Sophie. didn't set it up. She didn't set it up enough because I love the idea of Fitzlin in yeah. books four through six. Because 
just the dynamic, the potential is there, but she hasn't set it up like she started to set up Dex and Bianca and Morella and Tim as minimal as the interactions are. Right. We, like, we just don't have it with Fitzlin. Like Fitzlin. That's so disappointing to me. What you said about how, yes, Lynn could have been there for Fitz's anger, she could have helped him, instead of getting that, we get Fitz, I mean, we get Lynn always helping Wiley, and I'm not saying this as them in a romantic light, but that just makes Lynn and Wiley's relationship so strong, whereas Fitz and Lynn barely converse in each book, so instead of having something that could have built into a beautiful relationship... It's become they're just friends who, like, talk to each other and and have a good connection, but they only talk, like, four times each book, maybe a few sentences. So instead of taking what could have been, like, a great arc for Fitz, it's now dumped to the side. And even if she were to do it in book 10, it's so much has not been built up enough that I wouldn't, I would just be like, meh, okay, go have fun. I don't, like, whatever. It wouldn't be a moment for me. It would be like, whatever. There might, in the last book, be, like, they're not going to be canon by the end. They can't be. Mm -mm. And it could have been such a good alternative arc for him, finding true love, the equivalent of Sophie's arc, as, like, foils, as telepaths foils. Yeah. Listening to their hearts instead of their heads and finding, you know, (laughs) and finding love and finding true love, specifically. Mm -hmm. You know, Sophie and Keith, Fitz and Lynn. However... That was totally ruined, first of all, by Lynn's mischaracterization and the fact that she was a jerk this past book shut down that possibility to build up in Stellar Loon. But also, it's no matter what she does with Fitz, he's just going to be left hanging where he is because there's not enough time. She had to have done something in Stellar Loon unless there's going to be two or three more books, which I don't want for other reasons. Hot take, she's done more with Stina's character development than she has with Fitz's. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Morella, Stina, like, she's done more for their character development in what little we've seen them than she's done for Fitz's. And you also, can tell that Shannon is horribly uninterested in Fitzbacker. Oh, like, bad. It comes across. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, when we say the mischaracterization of Lynn... We're not saying that Lynn can't get angry, that she can't be overprotective. I'm not trying to, we're not putting her in a box and saying, oh, Lynn can only be like sweet and happy and a Mary Sue and blah, blah, blah. No, we are saying that oh, she is allowed to be angry. She is allowed to have these feelings, but why she had these particular feelings and how she blamed her brother for a lot of, it just, that's a mischaracterization. It mm-hmm. it felt so off for her character. She is allowed to be angry. She is allowed to rage. She is allowed to have other emotions. Yeah. There's a version of Lynn that is angry Lynn. This wasn't angry Lynn. It was just a completely different person. Right. So that I just wanted to clarify that. We're not saying Lynn has to be happy and sweet all the time, a little bit snarky. No, she can have other emotions. But just portrayed like this, Oh, God. She was snarky from the beginning. Right, that's she what I'm saying. She comments. <laughs> I know. She's, she's has her own snark, and it's great. And yeah. Is there anything else you have for theories that you want to talk about that we won't be going over in our next couple episodes eventually? Because um, I have to leave in like five minutes. Okay. In our stories, we got an ask about Elysian and what we want to see out of him. Um, I'm not sure yet. I have no idea. 
Like, honestly, we've had so many different villains. I don't know how she could make another new villain feel unique. Like, all the villains feel very unique, but they all... all I have a feeling that he's going to be a chaotic neutral. Same. Or maybe world-weary, even, though. Like, just sick of it all. Mm. He's been around for a while. What scares me, though, is that, like, he obviously can control other people's abilities, and I want to know what the heck, like, has he had Stellar Loon? Probably. <laughs> That's you, know, Gis- you know what I mean? Gisela like- <laughs> had to get it from somewhere. She had to get it from somewhere. She was studying Elysian. She had to know how it worked from somewhere. So I think he is where Keith is headed if he completes the final step of Stellar Loon, being able to full out control other people's abilities. That's my big theory about Elysian. And the fact that, um, and I don't, I want the third step to be stopped. I want Keith to go back to normal by the end. Because yeah. first and foremost, being able to control other people's abilities will give him a really bad advantage and totally um, get rid of the equality in he- him and Sophie's relationship. Like, giving him that power over her and all the abilities that she has, I think he wouldn't use it. I don't think he would use it against her ever. But it's still the possibility of it weirds me out. To have, That's like, why I, I don't quite agree with that. I get totally where you're coming from. But I think that because it is Keith, it wouldn't bring equality. Just because it is Keith, he would never use it. And so there would never be a, a basis for concern there, I don't you think. See, even but- the even the ability, even the possibility of it, mm. like him having the physical capability freaks me out and i think it presents a real problem and i just don't want it because it's so tied to his trauma it's so tied to his trauma i don't think that he should too, have this ability that was forced on him like forced on him he did not choose this and i know i know no one chooses their abilities but this one was very traumatically forced upon him and i don't think he should have to keep it if he has the right not to keep it so yeah uh, i want his empathy to go back to normal i want him Maybe, maybe Elysian will show them how he, to, I hate to say fix him, but, you know, well, no, again, Sophie he does. freaking says that. She has fix him syndrome. <laughs> she full out yeah. says. You know? <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> Keith has mommy issues and Sophie has fix him syndrome. I can um, fix him syndrome. <laughs> but yeah, no, Keith's powers being brought, being, his empathy being fixed is the biggest thing for me. Like, it's going to be so annoying to me if it can't happen, because, like, I love that dynamic, and I just want it to be fixed. Yeah, <laughs> That's same. That's maybe glad, the biggest hope. I'm glad he couldn't confirm her feelings and tell her feelings before the confession, and yeah. that it was off for that. I think that was very clever, because it put them on equal ground in terms of, you yes. know. And that's what Silkeef is all about. This right. equal dynamic, this give and take, this, you know, mutually beneficial relationship so now now that that that's that's over with now that they're together i want him to go back to normal and then he can feel how much she loves him right it'll be cute (laughs) and on that happy note that is all we have for you today thank you so much for listening and without further ado happy so keep shipping happy so keep shipping bye guys bye